Welcome to the Story Geeks Podcast. This is our weekly hangout show, so we're excited to have you join us today because we are talking about the WandaVision finale. Was it amazing? Was it frustrating? Or was it a little bit of both? We are going to talk about that. My name is Jay Shear, and joining me from the Story Geeks team today, Tim Wozni. Tim, what is up, sir? Hello. It is beautiful right now. I'm not freezing outside, so things are pretty good. Yeah, that's a positive. If you're, if it's nice outside and you're not freezing, <laughs> it's a pos- That's a positive deal. Um, and we also have another guest, by the way, from uh, from Colorado. Josh Taylor is here. <laughs> there he is. Now you guys got to talk about this. You guys got to talk about One Division last week, and I was yep. just in the comments, just trying to cause. Troll. Yeah, I was just trying to cause problems. Cause trouble. And uh, yeah. that's what I do in the comments whenever I'm in the comments. And um, and you guys, of course, did not it didn't phase you at all. Um, but Josh, why don't you tell everybody? I mean, at this point, I feel like you're kind of a co-host, but like tell everybody where you're from, what you're up to, and where they can listen to your stuff. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Josh Taylor. I live in Denver, Colorado. If that means anything, uh, to, <laughs> that really doesn't. Uh, but uh, I live mostly on the internet. Uh, where you can find my podcast, Modern Mouse, um, which wherever you listen to podcasts, you can download it. Uh, a brand new episode came out this week called The Politics of Toy Guns, which is about uh, Disney removing toy guns from their theme parks, but then also in a larger picture, um, the culture of gun violence that is in America currently. And I kind of focused on school shootings. Since I grew up in Denver, Columbine was uh, something that happened really close to me and it affected me personally. So um, I focused on that. And then uh, you can find my YouTube channel, which is a a little bit less heavy than the podcast. But the YouTube channel deals with Disney history, uh, Disney video essays and uh, everything Disney, including Marvel, uh, which is YouTube.com slash Modern Mouse. Yeah, and Josh Taylor is one of my favorite podcasters and also a good friend of mine. And when I told uh, Matt Parrish, who is from the 3228 and or the 3028. Number. There's a lot of yeah. numbers in there. There's yeah. a lot of numbers. Just, just start searching for numbers and you might find his podcast. Right. <laughs> when I was talking to Matt Parrish recently, on, on, I go, Matt, you're one of my favorite podcasters. And then Josh Taylor is one of my favorite podcasters. He goes, I love Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor is awesome. So you're like, you're like loved by everybody, man. I'm the I'm the podcasters podcaster. I'm only enjoyed by other podcasters. <laughs> that is not true. That is not true. Uh, and you also hang out with the No Midnight Crew. Uh, so especially shout out to them. They yeah. have a show coming out tomorrow where you and I went head to head. We did a trivia show, basically a trivia game show where Josh and I went head to head. He got questions from Jeff Goldblum because we did a show together called Goldblooming about the movies of Jeff Goldblum. So he got asked questions about. Jeff Goldblum. I got questions about Nick Cage because that's the show that we hope to do next. Um, what was the result uh, of that show, Josh? Yeah, you uh, you won. <laughs> I won't tell. I won't say by how much, but you did amazingly. Um, if you're interested in in listening to that, uh, type in any of your podcast feeds theme park pulse, uh, and that should come up. The episode is called the. I think it's called a real life hook. Is what the episode is called. Oh, that's right. Because there's an awesome story that one of the other guests tells that's really, really, yeah, really funny. It was really funny. Yeah, really funny. So go check that out and go check out Josh's show, Modern Mouse. 
Uh, or go check out his old catalog of um, what is it, Modern Mouse Radio? Modern Mouse Radio. Yeah. If you go to if, if you were to go to like my website, which will hopefully be up and running as ModernMouse.com soon, there will be gold blooming there, uh, as well as a bunch of other shows that I've done in the past. So if you have any interest in Jeff Goldblum whatsoever, you have to listen to Gold Blooming. It was a such a fun show. Uh, but anyways, let's get let's move on to WandaVision. Um, as we jump into WandaVision, by the way, we do reserve spots for people who support us over on Patreon. So you can actually join us in these weekly hangouts. So far, no one has taken us up on that offer um, because even Albie, te- technically no midnight media is a supporter of the story geeks. Um, so, so Josh Taylor is a part of that crew. So technically Josh is part of that crew, Yeah, I'm but, um, but then Albie was going to join us last week, but had to cancel. So, uh, you, there are spots you can be on this show with us. If you support us on Patreon, which is really fun. Um, we'd be, love for you to you do that be right here, right there. Yeah. You could be right in the corner. You could be sitting. Josh could put his arm around you. Hmm. That's, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> virtually, <laughs> virtually, virtually. It's a virtual, yeah, 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 virtual yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's jump into uh, let's jump into WandaVision here. We've got a couple topics that came from the Facebook group, from our Story Geeks Facebook group. Uh, if you want to join the Facebook group, by the way, just type in the Story Geeks into Facebook and you can find the group there. Mm. Um, but the first question I have for you guys, and, and there was last week you guys had a conversation. I was trying to drum up trouble like I always do. <laughs> and I was saying to you, I was saying... Uh, how, which one would you choose? Would you choose Mandalorian? Or would you choose WandaVision? There was a whole discussion about it. Some of the people on the show waffled, and I'm pretty sure that they would not choose the same thing if, if I was on the show. But I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. I could have convinced them, maybe. Um, but uh, I want to hear from the chat, too. So We are going to interact with you if you're in the chat. So if you want to interact with us, definitely put your, put your comments in the chat. Let us know how satisfying you think the finale was. But now that we've actually seen, actually seen the actual completion of this show, how satisfying was this finale, Josh Taylor? I am pretty satisfied. If you were going to rate this like out of ten, uh, I would say nine out of ten. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a pretty strong rating. It was really good. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. So. And what did you think about the show before the finale? Interestingly enough, was it a, did it go from a ten to a nine, or did it go from an eight to a nine? You know, I think it went to a from a ten to a nine. Okay, so you're and, satisfied and I think, with and I think it. We'll, ex- we'll explain why I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I like that. We have a couple comments, by the way. Um, Tim just displayed one, but Natalie was really disappointed in my mean question, mm. which is fair. <laughs> and then, and then after watching the finale of One Division, one of our Facebook fans says they'll pick Mando. So mm. they just the joined, heck? they joined team J. They joined team J. Um, okay. So Tim, what do you think? What, how satisfying was this finale? I mean, ultimately I am sticking with my answer from last week. I am sticking with keeping WandaVision. Um, Agreed. I am not a movie crier. That is not my experience in movies, but I will say WandaVision, the finale made me yeah. shed a tear or two. I teared up at it. And Mando has not done that for me yet. Um, mm. So I am going to stick with WandaVision. Um, and I'll stick with Josh's answer as well of a nine out of 10, maybe, maybe an eight out of 10. There were a couple things mm. I wish had been maybe a little more resolved. Mm. Um, 
but they were, for want of a better phrase, things in the background. Um, mm. There's things in the supporting narrative. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're going to get into next, actually, is like, what about it? What about it worked and what didn't work? I am, I was, I was very satisfied with the finale. Um, there are parts of the finale that I think worked really well. There are parts of the finale that I didn't think were, worked very well. We'll get into that. Um, I will tell you that my experience with WandaVision was that I, and, and you guys both know this because I've talked to you about this, but I did not like episode one because I felt like it was just trying to be something that I was not that interested in. Um, and that's just a personal preference thing. That's not them executing anything poorly. Yeah, you're the worst. That. You're literally the worst. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the worst, and I hate everything. Um, and then I went, I, I, I skyrocketed after that. I thought it was one of the best shows on TV after that. The finale, I think, like just it just kind of tails off a little bit for me, and we'll get into why that is. But um, but overarchingly, I'm still satisfied with it. I just think that it's not it's not like uh you know you end up watching Game of Thrones and if you watch that finale you're like what what did I waste my time doing not not exactly but I did not like that finale very much um it was not a breaking bad finale where you're like this is an amazing end to this show it wasn't that kind of thing it was just kind of like okay that works so that's cool um and uh and Kimberly's on your guys' side so there you go she's with you guys on team team you guys um, so let's talk about what worked and what didn't work. Tim, what worked for you and what did not work for you with the finale? So this, I know this has been memed a lot on the <laughs> internet, but I really enjoyed the ship of Theseus. Um, um, I thought that was when it ultimately comes down to it, a logic puzzle mm. is the only thing that can decide a contest between visions. <laughs> if it is a being of pure who sprouted from an artificial intelligence, it has to be a logic puzzle puzzle. Mm. So I thought that was fantastic. I also really enjoyed um, white vision. thought he was, that's yeah. a really cool thing. I like, I liked that it left. I thought there were enough things that were left unsettled mm -hmm. that it adds, there's something to go to. Uh, Wanda in the cabin, great. Mm. And White Vision just disappearing, great. I want to know what happens to both of them. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, that worked, especially with Wanda just sort of piecing out and not getting a whole lot of resolution to the problem mm. she created, I think okay. sets up whatever is next for her very well. Yeah. Because I yeah. think there are going to be consequences, and I'm okay that we didn't see them yet. Um, that being said, I wanted more out of Monica's ending. Mm. I would have liked a little bit more information there, yeah. either about her abilities or you know, who she's meeting, something. Um, and same thing with sort of the wrap-up for the director um, felt a little abrupt for me. And those were the two things that I was left a bit disappointed with. Um, although Darcy's maneuver in the truck was brilliant in every way. <laughs> um, but I wanted, I wanted more out of the, 
out of Monica and the director's ending in, in this context of the show. I'm sure we'll it, see more of Monica, might not see more of the director, but. It did feel like the finale needed to be a two hour show. Like, like I feel, I felt like it needed to end with a movie. Right. And it was like, Oh, it's an hour. Uh, by the way, what's up to whoever this is that I don't know their name. Cause I can't see their, their user, but it is good to hear from you, whoever you are. Um, Josh, what do you think? What worked here and what did not work here? Okay. So first of all, let me just give you some insight, some, some thoughts that I have, not thoughts that I have thoughts from the director of the show, Matt Shackman, yeah. um, who's gone on record saying that because of the pandemic, they were not able to shoot certain things. Um, uh, and they actually had things planned. They dropped the Mephisto scene. They dropped <laughs> it. <laughs> there was a, funny enough. So there was no Mephisto scene. However, there were, <laughs> there were plans for the dark hold to be featured ah. more. And it was actually supposed to be Monica and the kids um, who were supposed to try and get the book. And that Senor Scratchy, Mm. would have turned into a demon. Um, so there was supposed to be more for Monica. I believe that there was also more for Darcy mm. uh, and then more for the kids. And all of that stuff ended up getting cut. Um, mm. I also believe that the show was supposed to be 10 episodes. So it was uh, going to be a two hour finale. Yeah. And that got, that had to get cut. So this is partially a pandemic's, scheduling yeah. fault however the things that really work for me that uh, nobody's talking about this which is crazy to me that nobody's talking about this um so episode eight uh-huh. to me the emotional crux of that episode is um the conversation that wanda and vision have post ultron or yeah post ultron right like right after pietro dies um and we get I didn't think there would be a better emotional high. And yeah. then episode 10, um, she they have a couple of good lines. Mm. And Wanda has this line. She looks at the kids when she says goodnight to them and says, like, thanks for choosing me to be your mom, which was oh, like. I'm, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I didn't know why anyone else wasn't talking about this either. What is, what is she talking about there? What is, I, I mean, like that's a really good like mom thing to say, right? That's like a mom thing to say. You say to your kids, like <laughs> that's not like a, a hidden message. I don't think that was just like a kids are great, but in a really tough, but in like a really touching way. Yeah. 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 Good, um, point. good point. But then like the other line when vision, when vision and, and her are saying goodbye to each other, uh, we wrap up the, this whole show about grief and depression where she finally feels like she, mm gets past it and she says um you are my sadness and my hope mm. most importantly my love and like that line the like the line in the week before which uh which was uh uh now i forget it uh oh the one about lo- the, yeah grief, grief is, is love yeah, persevering yeah. Yeah, like that's like a writer's killer line. That's like the one line you write in your whole life that you're like, grief is yeah. love persevering. Yes. Yeah. But then like this week, career career solidified. Yeah, but then like whoever wrote it, like they, they got topped this week, which was you know you are my sadness and my hope. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is a really good emotional high. You can buy um, t-shirts. T-shirts on uh, modernmouse.com, right? You are my sadness you, and my hope. You cannot. I know. I, I should start that. Um, yeah. See you guys later. I got to go. Big trip. <laughs> but I think like that was such a really great high of an ending. 
Um, did all the other stuff like after it, besides like the you know the credit stuff, like I didn't really need. Mm. Um, mm. The low, like the lows for me, mostly revolve around like kind of what you guys were saying, but I think that that's mostly due to a pandemic and not to the writer's mm. room, not mm. to anybody you know at fault here besides uh, a, a disease. So that's the only tr- that's the only problem that I have with the show. I really enjoyed most of it. I thought that the pacing within the fight scenes was a little bit sloppy at times. Mm. It seemed like it kind of lingered for a while, and it kind of felt like vision versus vision was like we're gonna fight we're gonna fight we're gonna fight and then like it cuts scene and it's just like do you want to talk about like some theory for a while like there was mm-hmm. no like weird it was kind of like a weird transition there for me interesting but otherwise i thought i mean almost perfect episode almost perfect episode um almost of- perfect series almost perfect series yeah oh man um couple a couple places agree with that couple Facebook comments here really quick before I jump into my my thoughts on it. First of all, what's up, DJ? I did uh, from the uh, DTD podcast. I did that podcast oh, like a, a while back now. I feel like it was like eight months ago, um, but that was a really fun guest appearance. So shout out to Dustin um, and he's doing his podcast thing. That's awesome. And then Sandra just says she had a couple comments and, and said that is the, the, the quote to the kids saying, thanks for choosing me was a hardcore mom thing to say. 100%. So, it's hardcore agree, mom. Agree with Josh, 100% there. Um, and then she also said uh, Wanda's arc was a great example of hurt people hurt people. Um, she's so caught up in her grief, um, she doesn't see the harm that she's causing to others. We're actually going to talk about that later in this show as well. So... Um, my so I'm gonna start with the negatives because I don't wanna I don't want to come off as if I'm like super negative on this show. So I want to end with positive notes for sure. But I do I do have a few bones to pick with the show in particular. Are you um, upset that are you upset that there wasn't some uncanny valley Luke Skywalker at the end of this to save dude, everybody? All I'm saying is every Disney Plus series finale needs to have Luke Skywalker in it. Is that too much to ask, Josh Taylor? <laughs> dude, High School Musical the series is not ending with the Luke Skywalker cameo. You can cut that now. <sighs> then I'm just not watching it then. I refuse. Okay. Um, but time, though, I feel like a yeah. Mark Hamill cameo of just Mark Hamill being Mark Hamill might fit there. Or Mark Hamill being Mephisto. <laughs> that might have fit, too. Why not? Just throw him into the mix. He's a good joker. Okay, so no, but seri- in all seriousness, I had a, a th- this this show to me was sort of like the MCU's version of Lost. Now, granted, I think this was a better show overarchingly than Lost was. But Lost ended saying we need to get to the characters to a certain point in their journey, Right. This ended with saying we need to get to the character, mainly Wanda, at a certain part of her journey. What both of these shows did as well is that they said, we're going to introduce questions. Uh, and and J.J. Abrams was famous for his little uh, mystery box uh, idea. And if you don't know what the J.J. Abrams mystery box idea is, you can look up the YouTube video where he talks about never revealing what's actually in the box, but presenting it and making people really intrigued by it. But... The idea here was that they were going to foreshadow things mm-hmm. that were never capitalized on. And that's a very tricky thing to do with storytelling because, especially storytelling in 2021, because everybody is going to come up with their fan theories and they're going to prolif- pro- proliferate the internet 
with fan theory. Everyone's going to have a fan theories. In fact, if you listen to the No Me- No Midnight Media podcast Assemble with Josh Taylor, every week Josh Taylor is coming out with a new Yeah, I got wild theory. speculations. <laughs> wild speculations. And I think that that's a really difficult place to put a story because when your brain fills in the story, it's almost impossible for the writers to live up to whatever it was that you specifically wanted to happen as an audience. Right. And so I'll, I'll, I'll put this. There's a couple things that for me personally were really disappointing in that regard, mainly two things. The first is they did my boy Quicksilver wrong. And then no one out there can tell me that, that he was not done wrong because we know that the mutants are going to be introduced into the MCU. We're going to talk about this in more detail later in the show. Cause we have a specific question about this. But the fact that they used him as a boner joke, like, that's not cool, man. That's not cool, even remotely. The, the, the fact that they ended an episode of this show on, they recast Pietro, the Darcy line. She, she recast Pietro, and then it turns out to be that it's just some guy, some random actor that, like, was being manipulated. Like, that is not a cool thing to do to your fans. Like, I don't care who you are, how you're operating. That's not cool. Um, so that I, I had a big problem with because there was a lot of speculation that WandaVision was, and it, and we're going to talk about this later too, introducing mutants into the MCU, and they kind of veered off that path, and they kind of made that like, oh, gotcha, we are just making jokes. Um, so I doesn't mean that it's not going to come up in the future and have implications, but I didn't like that part of it. The other thing that I didn't like, um, the other the other part of it that I was not super excited about was that there was no villain bigger than Agnes, uh, bigger than Agatha. And the reason I say that is because when you when the Agatha moment hit, and it was Agatha all along, that was very unsatisfactory from a storytelling standpoint because what you, were, what you had been led to believe was that there was some overarching um, massive villain that was like like pulling the strings on people and maybe Wanda was caught up in it. And then basically it's like, no, it's a lower level villain that is just trying to steal some of Wanda's powers. And it's not really that big of a deal. So those are my two, those are my two biggest things that I'm like, I'm not into that kind of thing. Now that leads me to talk about what the show did incredibly well. And I'm actually kind of, I'm almost glad they doubled down on it. I just wish they had not foreshadowed things that never happened. And that is, the show was the MCU's one of the MCU's best emotional shows regarding the process of grieving and how things have real stakes. And the MCU almost always tries to veer off that a little bit and not have things have real stakes because we all know that people can be resurrected in the MCU and all these kind of things. But the fact that the show went after a lot of those moments and really made it at the end of the day, this show is a Wanda Maximoff show. It's not really about anybody else. They, they introduce some other characters. It is a Wanda Maximoff show. It's not anybody else. It's all about Wanda. And that character's journey is fantastic. So that's what the show did really well. I like that a lot. Elizabeth Olsen, we were making fun of her after her first appearance, first couple of appearances in the MCU because she didn't do the accent the whole time and it just vanished. And yet now we're saying this is one of the best actors actresses in the mcu now because this is how amazing she's she's doing so um so i wanted to end it i want to end it on that on that point but uh that i think so i'm a little bit disappointed with some of the subplots 
I don't think the subplots it, but the main plot is amazing. Um, and there's some just we have some comments here about the 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 boner joke being what it was, and then also you you know Natalie says it made her it made her chuckle, but uh, that was a weak ending for that specific plot point, which is one of my one of my bigger problems as well. And then and then Dustin DJ still thinks that Agatha is Mephisto, so we're going hard in the paint on Mephisto still being <laughs> a part of this, uh, and, and that may or may not be true. Um, any any responses to what I said, or should I just move on? I, I'm going to say that I don't agree with you about the Quicksilver cameo, uh, um, but I will hold that. In. What is that? Same. What oh, was oh, wait, what is that? You agree? Oh, it's, it's the J show now. You guys don't agree with me? No, uh, I'm, just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Go ahead. I also, go ahead, I also Tim. disagree with the, with the <laughs> villain thing, but Tim, Tim, go ahead. You can argue yeah, with Tim. Jay and I'll argue with him, but I'm going to hold, <laughs> I will hold that, uh, comment. My, or my reasoning uh, until our, our later question. Okay. Um, specifically, re Ralph Boner. Ah, uh, okay. Excellent. Excellent. I want to hear a good. I want to hear a good uh, comeback for that. What about you, Josh? Okay. So, uh, besides the Ralph Boner thing, I think this. To be truthful, I don't think that this show ever needed a villain. Mm, yeah. Like its its point is not the fact that. She needed to fight a villain. And comic book wise, Agatha, if you go and read the comics, which I'm not even a huge comic book reader, but like I do know that Agatha does come back and help Wanda in some cases. And and we leave Agatha, Agnes, um, on this note and saying, you know, when you you're gonna need me later, and she says, I'll come back for you when I need you. Yeah. So I don't think that we're seeing the last of Agna Harkness. Agatha right. Harkness, which, um, which was great. I pretty much all of these characters were not going to leave forever. Mm. I think that somehow we'll end up back in Westview because mm. we'll need Agatha. There will be repercussions, or should be repercussions, right? Uh, which we'll talk about later. Um, and and so I think pretty much everything is still on the table of possibilities. But uh, but the show didn't need an overall huge villain, and I think that that's something that um, the reveal can be much later because that's fine. The show was really about Wanda not dealing with her problems well, yeah. ruining a whole town, right? Uh, and then finally figuring out how to deal with things, and then yeah. being able to move on, literally moving out of town. I think. But- by the way, I just want to comment on because you brought up the villain comment. Um, Hayward is one of the dumbest villains that we've ever seen on screen, and I'm really tired of the Marvel villain who's like a government employee who's just out to get people. Like, come on, Marvel, we've seen that. You ready for Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Then, oh my gosh, don't with, do this to me. With Agatha being where she is, I think it would be super interesting and maybe this is the the post credit scene at the end of Doctor Strange mm. it's maybe the perfect place for this but I oh, think it would be it. Yeah. fantastic to just get a little clip of like an Agatha or sorry an Agnes for mayor <laughs> that would be cool yeah because I think it would be interesting because Wanda leaves with no repercussions and yeah. just sort of puts her in as um as a Facebook user has said, in mind jail. Um, mm, mm. 
we already sort of know that Agatha has some wiggle room within that because of what she's been doing in the show. So it would be interesting to see her clawing whatever power or freedom she could Mm. from within that confine of Westview. And then Wanda in some capacity having to deal with not just the fallout of her own actions in encapsulating Westview, but also for not properly addressing the situation at hand with Agatha. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that. I like the end credit scene with the mayor banner. That's awesome. By the way, uh, Sandra is uh, team me with the corrupt government workers too on the nose. Yes, absolutely. 100% too on the nose. Um, so let's talk about this. Uh, this is a an interesting topic because we've been talking about Agatha Harkness. And we really knew what Scarlet Witch was before they ever called her the Scarlet Witch. Because we all knew, right? We all knew that this was Quicksilver and Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. And, um, and this show is really one that went a little deeper into the whole concept of witchcraft because even even when we're talking about the sorcerer supreme you didn't get the you didn't get the idea that it was like 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 full wiccan salem like you didn't get that like it was just kind of more like magic users and so now we've seen we're hearing things about the cosmic world we're, we're seeing things on the on the on the spiritual plane in black panther we're getting all of this uh very intense marvel universe type stuff stuff that you don't see on planet earth in <laughs> in great degree very often so what do you guys think of this addition of witchcraft into the mcu did they pull it off could it have been better do you like the fact that marvel is bringing in all these concepts at this point and making it very much like the comic book universe in a lot of ways what do you think josh i think that the emphasis on it being witchcraft hmm. uh i think was maybe downplayed and this is why I think it, it was um, it, like because if I if it were me and I was going to put witchcraft into this show, there would have been like heavy use of um, like Latin, and you would have seen a lot more uh, you know scenes going back to like the Salem witch trials maybe or or something like that. Mm. I think that the show didn't go that route. They mentioned with witchcraft, but everything still looks kind of super powery slightly magical right. um, because this show is a worldwide release and witchcraft, depending on where you live in the world is very looked down upon. Um, so I think that the yeah. not playing it up was a smart move from Disney slash Marvel, but um, do they go forward with it, calling it witchcraft a lot and stuff? I still think that they probably don't go nearly as far as maybe they should. Mm they'll still continue to call it magic or spiritual stuff, whatever. Like they probably won't, they won't just like randomly throw up a demon on the screen. <laughs> yeah. You never know. I mean, uh, so DJ said a couple things here. He said that, that Agatha could actually be Mephisto or Agatha could be, um, a direct link to lady death. So you got those cosmic elements that they could bring in, but yeah. What do you think, Tim? What about this? What about this witchcraft edition? Is it, is it, did they pull it off? Well, they didn't go very. They didn't go very hard in the paint, like Josh said. They kind of just kind of played it safe. So, 
I do like where they go with it in general. Um, and it's one of those things, and what's coming to mind at the moment is the line in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them mm. um, when they're talking about the war. And he's like, yeah, I fought in the war. Everybody fought in the war. Mm. Um, and he asks, I'm blanking on his name, um, the muggle. He asks Newt, like some along lines of did wizards have, were wizards in the war or whatever. And there's this mm. sort of obvious moment where Newt's like, yeah, I fought with the seventh Dragoneers or something like that. And it's mm-hmm. just this like the wizard and muggle worlds intensely overlap mm. um, with world war one in that case. And there being an explanation for muggle events because of wizards or vice versa, Mm. I think is a really easy and I think nice way to ground two different worlds together. And I Mm. think that's what's interesting to me about seeing Agatha in Salem, not on trial for being a witch, but being on trial amongst witches is <laughs> right, right, right. Opportunities for Marvel to take real history mm. and link it to the show. Ah, uh, yeah. And so it creates for me a little bit of a grounding point for um, some of the different things. And there have been other points in the show beyond the explicit ones that you see in Captain America in mm. winter or in first Avenger. But um, there are a lot of really great moments like that. And there are a couple more in the MCU and there are others in a number of other series that I'm at this point blanking on. But um, mm. so for me, those, that moment served as a grounding point. Uh, mm. I would have loved, and I always love to see more detail on things yeah. Uh, so I hope they go more into that perhaps in next Doctor Strange since we know that's going to overlap somewhat with Wanda Maximoff um, but the other thing that I really like about magic in the MCU is it feels very fluid and I think that goes for any of the fighting styles combat styles whatever title you want to put to it that you see in in the show in the movies and the shows any hmm all of the characters have something that feels special to them. But at the same time, all of the magic users feel similar. All of like Iron Man and um, War Machine feel mm. similar. Um, it's almost like D&D, right? There's a class, but then there's, you know, different types of people within that class. Absolutely. Um, By the way, if you didn't think, if you didn't think that we were geeks, we just brought in the <laughs> Harry Potter universe and D&D. So yep. <laughs> incredible stamp. And so for me, the fact that magic almost feels of like emotion mm. in its, the way it's produced by the different characters, I think just fits very, very well. To what they're trying to portray, especially with Wanda Maximoff. Yeah. 
Yeah, the only um by the way, there's a couple a couple comments we got. Um first of all, Jessica said that uh Agnes or slash Agatha worked in the show because she was played by Catherine Hahn, which then Kimberly agreed with, and I would also agree with that. I third I put a third stamp on that because I think she was amazing. Um and by the way, you would have never thought that Catherine Hahn was gonna appear in the MCU. And then when she did appear in the MCU, you went, Oh, okay. She's like this side character. And then they went, no, no, no. She's a really important character. And you go, Oh wow. That's awesome. So good for them for taking that risk. Um, with that, with that, uh, casting, that was awesome. Also, Jessica says she's going to start a, uh, counter for when I say hard in the paint. So I'm just thinking that you guys are going to go hard in the paint, trying to count all the times I say hard in the paint. And I'm going to try to get you drunk. If you make it a drinking game. Um, so everyone else is, is excited about that. And then Natalie is living for Josh's D and D reference. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we're, awesome. we're, awesome. we're, we, we, uh, we're missing uh female representation on our show today, mm. which was just only because it couldn't be worked out schedule wise. Um, but just know that there are a lot of females making a lot of awesome comments in the comments. So go, go check that out. Um, Thanks, so, my thoughts on my thoughts on witchcraft, just really briefly, because I don't have that many thoughts about it. But the thing I get nervous about with the MCU, the thing I get nervous about with DC, is that uh, when you make movies for a mass audience, when you make movies for a mass audience, you usually have to ground them in shared experiences. What? happens is when you start to add these other cosmic elements soul plane uh you know all these things you you start to get closer and closer to a comic specific audience because a lot of people are going to go uh i have no clue what's going on here and no i don't care anymore and if you miss some of the movies like i did i did a talk one time i did a talk at the university that i was working for and the talk was called like how we define what a what a superhero is um and i and i was was talking to this room like there's not very full of people it's like eight people in there and it was for students and anyone 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 from the community come in i'm talking to these students and i'm and i'm like so yeah so would you guys remember in uh black panther and i'm just seeing like just dead air in front of me like and i'm like um did anybody here see black panther and then there's one kid that's like uh, i'm pretty sure i saw black panther i don't remember and i just it just occurred to me that like the general movie going audience, the general TV watching audience, they, they, they're not like us where they're trying to figure out how these things work together. And they're trying to figure out like, what is the magic powered being? How do they face off against the science wielding being versus the cosmic wheel? They don't do that. They don't go through those thought processes. So my only thought about witchcraft is that two things. One, I worry that by bringing in too many elements and making them a thing that you lose some of your audience because they just aren't interested in this stuff. Right. Um, And that's me saying that from a storytelling standpoint, like me asking the question of how long can they hang? The second thing I think is and this is this goes back to what kind of what both of you guys were saying is they kind of give a cursory overview of of witchcraft and then sort of assume that you that you're going to go along with it without really getting into it very much, right? Like what kind of, a lot of shows go really deep into witchcraft. They go really deep into it, whether you see horror movies where they start to associate, sometimes they'll associate witchcraft with, you know, Satanism. Sometimes they'll try to associate witchcraft with 
just more of a, of humanistic sort of um, uh, environmental Wiccan, more Wiccan concerns. Uh, this doesn't really do any of those things. It's kind of like there's some people that can use magic and then we just move on from that because that's what happens. So I kind of wish that it would go deeper, but then I kind of think to myself, the deeper they go, the more they lose the general audience. And then it just becomes this weird thing that I don't, I don't know how it exists in this world or why it matters as much. So I'm a, I'm a little bit nervous about it, but at the same time, it's probably fine. So there you go. I, I think that like to your point, for some people, Dr. Strange loses people. Because of uh, because of the over, you know, analyzing of like, well, you know, this uh, magical spell kind of thing is that. And so, yeah, you lose people a lot. But I also think that they've dumbed it down, not because like they need to for people who really care about like witchcraft lore, people who know witchcraft lore are going to be fine with it no matter what. Right, but right. I think that, you know. What does witchcraft look like in the Marvel universe? It kind of just looks like anybody throwing any kind of mutant special powers. Yeah. <laughs> it, like that, it all kind of eventually sort of looks the samey. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, they don't really want to make you think about the difference between Wanda or Doctor Strange or Iron Man or whomever. They just want you to know that this is your cast of Avengers. Right. Well, and I think even along that line, they do a really good job of highlighting really spectacular moments for mm. each hero. So that that conversation might come down to, well, we saw you know, Tony build all these suits and he can build so many suits, including the Hulk buster, which can take on the Hulk. Okay. Mm -hmm. But like, what about when Thor jumped off of Asgard and exploded in lightning and blew up all those zombie things. And so it's like, it's almost, it's interesting that like it almost creates this trading card system of moments mm. as much as it does of powers and abilities. Hmm. Yeah. I, also, I also think going back to the original thing, right? We're going to see Wanda. We're going to see a lot of these characters further in. Do we go back to Agatha and does she give us a further explanation on witchcraft? Mm. If she teaches Wanda or because Wanda's now reading the Darkhold, does she now show up in whatever future films, um, you know, and start to really kind of explain a little bit more of the lore between the dark hold and what that really means for her as a character. I think that we've, this was really only just beginning um, who the witch of the Scarlet witch is. To me, mm. this was almost like the, if you want to say it, it really isn't, but the death of Wanda and the birth of the Scarlet witch. Ah, that's a good, that's a good segue by the way, to my next question. And I want to come back to the dark hold. We'll, we'll take, we'll table oh, the dark hold for a second. Um, but I will say that Sandra Demas says that the same people who hate on witchcraft lore will also love Narnia and Lord of the Rings, which is so bizarre to me because there's total magic slash yeah, or Harry Potter. Like, well, well, people hate on Harry Potter's witchcraft, right? So it's like, I guess like it's just a, it's it's a very it's a very strange thing. I'm not hearing any comments on witchcraft in one of the reasons why I asked the question is kind of like sometimes you get a pass and sometimes you don't get a pass. And I never understand why um, it doesn't, it doesn't make any logical sense to me, uh, but it is what it is. 
I want to get a little deeper before we start to talk about where the MCU goes next. And we have some really good questions about that from people who have weighed in. But uh, before we go there, I want to um, segue back to what, what Josh was talking about, the birth of the Scarlet Witch versus who who used to be one to Maximoff. And Josh, you said it's not really that, but it's sort of like a, a transition there. Yeah. It's, it's her origin, basically, right? Um, should Wanda... And by the way, I'm, I'm picking this up because uh, my buddy, Michael Young, over on, at That Nerd Soul... Um, picked up on this and and put a little put a little meme out there and it didn't get that much attention. I thought that's that's a great point that we should be talking about. So uh, shout out to Michael Young. But he should Wanda have faced more severe consequences for the mental and physical abuse she caused. And let's go back a second. Let's go. If we had a clip, I'd play it. I don't have I don't have a clip. But if you go back to how traumatized the people in Westview were. They were insanely traumatized. Their families were torn apart. They were they were in mental anguish because they were seeing Wanda's nightmares every time that they would try and sleep. That was heavy, heavy stuff. And then Wanda's like, I'm going to put my hood up and I'm going to walk right out of this town. And a lot of them will never forgive me, but no big deal, right? Um, and then you get kind of like Monica gives you like a throwaway line of like, yeah, I kind of, under, I kind of get it. You know, and she's like, and you're kind of like, wait a second. There's... There's no consequences of this. So talk to me about that. Tim, should she have faced more severe consequences? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think she should have faced more severe consequences. I think for the sake of narrative, future narrative in particular, I think mm. it's good that she didn't yet. Mm. I think the yet is there. I think it. those consequences are coming. And I think it's important that we haven't seen them yet. Um, mm -hmm. to Monica's line that in, I think can't, well, it can feel a little throwaway as all and almost excusatory of, um, of Wanda's actions. I think it did an interesting job or a good job and an interesting thing of, uh, putting you in that shoe in those shoes mm. and it's all like, ah, oh, crap. Yeah, I might have, mm. um, which I think is important to understanding and connecting to Wanda's process of grief. Because while we may not have superpowers and can imprison the town around us to recreate our own reality, I think chances are we have all done something in that vein to recreate in a, a, a feeling, a series of emotions surrounding the loss of a loved one mm. um a coping strategy that in some way connects to what wanda did not on the same scale again but connects there so i think that line from monica did a good job of landing that in like in a moment of anger of like especially when you see that all the townspeople sort of become almost zombie-esque in their moments of why did you do this mm. you see your night it's very i'm gonna say intensely flat and I think mm. purposefully, mm. uh, but Monica grounds it to, I can't say that I wouldn't have done the same thing. Yeah. And Sandra commented that, that, that scene where all the townspeople were telling one of that is almost like an intervention. And that's very, very, very true. It's a very, very insightful comment there. 
Josh Taylor, you you were you were for those folks who are listening on audio and were not with us live here on YouTube. You were you were excited, man. You were wagging oh, your finger around. You were yeah, ready yeah, to yeah. go. Let's hear it. Let's hear. What okay, you got. so so first of all, Tim is very much correct. Uh, I did a video about this youtubecom slash Um <laughs> about uh, why the show was a sitcom initially, right? And and the show is really it's about Wanda, yes, but it is also a narrative to look in the mirror. I think that uh, going back and looking through research, it's something like 40% of people worldwide mm. use television as an escape to not deal with their own depression and grief and can actually further advance your depression and grief. Mm. Um, and so this was, I think, a line that says, you know, she, uh, I think Monica's line is, I would have brought back my mom. You know, like, mm. so it's more like, who would you have brought back? How would you have to pull this off? Would or if if you could bring back somebody, would you make a hundred other people suffer for the sake to bring somebody else back? It's it's mm-hmm. a hard question morality-wise to answer. Mm-hmm. But the people in the town, let's talk about this. Wild mm-hmm. speculation time on my part. <laughs> so, so I need I need, I need like a uh, I need a flashing light, like wild speculation yeah. with Josh. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, okay, so last week on the show um, with Tim and, and everybody else, I said the way that I would like the show to end, which it clearly did not, is that in an in credit scene, we see the hand of Magneto or Xavier playing chess, right? That And then mm-hmm. like, that's how it ends. Yeah. People were very excited about that ending, by the way. And I'm very excited about that ending. And I'm, I'm sad yeah. I didn't get it, but I totally am fine not getting it. Yeah. Because... The thing that we know about the X-Men is that we have the good X-Men, the bad X-Men, and then we have humans, the people of Earth, who are kind of rising up and revolting against the people with powers, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they want them, kind of like the Sokovia Accords, they want them to be checked. So my feeling is that we didn't get repercussions here, but this mm-hmm. is very much a beginning moment to starts a rising up of humans to say, Hey, this is what happened to us in Westview. Like this was a, this is an incident. Um, and these people are not as good as you think that they are. And so then Mm. you start to see as we maybe in phase, the end of phase four, phase five, like five, six, seven, eight years down the line, you start to see, um, this, really clash between the superpowered people, if you want to call them mutants or not at that point, who knows, and the regular humans. And maybe that all starts with Westview. Mm. Actually, that's pretty fantastic because I will say that um, somebody had mentioned in the, in the comments earlier, I think it was Sandra, that hurt people hurt people concepts. And so that's just a carrying forth of that concept. Again, it's a cycle, right? Like once you say... Once you once you vilify a different kind of person, then you create a cycle because then that person goes, well, in order for me to fight back against those people, I must vilify them in some way, shape or form. And then it just creates a cycle of that's their tribe. This is my tribe. Our tribes don't get along. My tribe has to win. So therefore, um, bad things will happen. And, and I think that that would be a really cool way of uh, of introducing. So this is this is where I think the show did really well. I mean, I think the show did really well on saying that, like, the people in that town 
actually did really experience trauma. They, they, this is horrible for them. And so part of it, I think, is, and, and by the way, in the comics, the Scarlet Witch's storyline is a very tragic, horrific storyline in many points along its along its um, its her journey. And I think that that they're basically ma- they're 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 matching that here in the show by saying the MCU is also going to have her as a pretty tragic character for a lot of different reasons. And in many ways, the Scarlet Witch is always teetering back and forth between being a hero and being a villain. I mean, this is how they play Magneto in a lot of ways. And I was too. say, wouldn't it be amazing if Magneto is the one that has to like come in and protect her from like the witch trials that may happen to her and try and like keep her from like being, you know, burned at the stake basically. Yes, absolutely. So I think that, I think that all would work, would work really, really well. And I do think that, um, I think Tim, you're a hundred percent on like, we need to see something happen because basically what, what, what the, if you're talking about like, how do these things supposed to work out in real life (laughs) in real life, what's supposed to happen is the person that is causing the trauma has to recognize and realize the kind of trauma. In other words, for these people, their lived experience in Wanda's mind prison, like what what we talked about earlier in this mind prison of the hex, that was as bad as her having to deal with her kids and vision being torn away from her. That's the same. It's the same level of, of bad, right? So if we have to recognize that, what we have to do is, as people who are causing trauma for other people, we have to then figure out how to reconcile and how to have a shared experience that we can say, oh, actually, you're more like me than not like me. Even if I'm, even if they are super powered versus normal human, like there has to be a coming together for reconciliation so that there is not just an understanding, but there's an actual uh, forgiveness that is working through so that you can carry on. And I think Josh and Tim, you guys are hundred percent right in that we have not seen the end of this trauma that the Scarlet Witch has caused. And I think it's setting her up to be, to be a quasi villain like Magneto, where it's like, I'm going to go do my thing. Oh, but there's a bigger bad that we have to kind of team up together to face. And then she'll come back and do some of those kind of things. So now, but now we've got, we're transitioning into our next question, which is there's three questions here um, that we're going to ask ourselves uh, and ask all of you in the chat too. Cause uh, a lot of you are saying you really like Josh's theory. You'd watch that. Jessica said that. Um, and then uh, you guys are talking about um, traumatic punishment of what's happened. And the fact that losing vision and the kids was really traumatic. Absolutely. All of those things. So we're all on the same page with where this show has gone. So where does the MCU go next? Who is Monica going to be in the MCU? And did WandaVision have any impact whatsoever on the mutants? We've addressed that one a little bit, but I want to come back to that one again. So let's, let's talk about that. Pick any one of those questions you want to answer, Josh, and dive in. Uh, okay. So mutants for sure. That's happening at some point. And uh, are we talking about Ralph Boner right now? <laughs> we can. We can talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, because I because I, I do feel like he really is still Quicksilver. And here's two reasons ah. why I think that could happen. Okay. Let's hear uh, when we meet Jimmy Woo, when we pick up Jimmy Woo's story here in episode four, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he says that there is somebody in witness protection. And uh, if you're in witness protection, you usually get a name change because you don't want people to come find you. Yeah. Um, uh, so the possible is that he is uh, 
the person that was in witness protection. Interesting. The other part of it is that he, the thing that gives away that he's Ralph Boner is that Monica picks up a headshot, which if it's a headshot, that means he's an actor. And a lot of actors do change their name. True. Um, but if you're, witness, I, well, if you're in witness protection, though, would you become, I mean, acting? <laughs> acting seems like a bad choice. I mean, it depends on what kind of movies you're in, right? <laughs> yeah, if, but, you're on, if you're on TMZ and in witness protection, you are in trouble, buddy. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, but I do feel like that is still, because like they even show, come on, man, like they show him living in like a man cave. Yeah. It's realistically basically the same. Same dude. Peter Maximoff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do think that we'll somehow get back to that. It will reveal that it's him, whether it's somehow opening up the multiverse and somehow he gets involved in that. I don't know how, but I do feel like he is not really Ralph Boner. It's such a weird made up bad name. <laughs> like that. It, I think it has to still be him. And like, that's you guys realize, you guys realize, just really quickly, you guys realize that that is a callback to an 80s sitcom. It is, yeah. It is. It is a callback to right. the 80s sitcom Growing Pains, right. where the kid uh, has a friend whose nickname, he's a, Boner. he's a kid, and his nickname is Boner, and yeah. they never address it. No. <laughs> they, they do not address it in the entire show, and retroactively re-watching re that show, you're yeah. going to be sitting there being like, they keep calling this kid boner this entire show. I mean, what is going on? <laughs> different times, bro. Different times. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Uh, and so I think, I think like we're going to eventually coming out of this, mm. we'll have a bigger entire look at the X-Men mutant world. Not now. I would probably say we're still probably three, four, five years out from that. Mm. But I think that we revisit Westview, we revisit Ralph Boner, we revisit Agatha, we somehow get mutant, mutants mixed up in it, and somehow he does become the Quicksilver um, yeah. that was from the Fox universe. I still think that's going to happen. I like it. I like it a lot. To be honest, I do like your theory more than the one that I've been running with on Ralph Boner, but I'm going to go ahead and voice it anyways, just as... By the way, before just you start, Tim, just really quickly, some a Facebook user who I don't know who I'm assuming is Albie says that he stole that theory from me. That LOL. is it is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Fight in the comments. Fight in the comments. Sorry, sorry, Tim. I interrupted you. Go for it. So, I to some extent, I'm curious if the Ralph Boner is this Quicksilver is this not Quicksilver. I'm curious to see if that was some little cheeky troll moment mm. from the mouse in that at least when we, before we got went live here, I was looking at photos from Comic-Con a couple years ago and trying to remember what movies they had discussed at the Marvel panel a couple years ago. Mm. Um, and we were talking that there aren't actually any Marvel movies or uh, mutant Marvel movies on the slate officially at the moment. Rumors, absolutely, but not on the slate. Um, and so part of me wonders if that was one, just a little bit of a tease and a little, haha, you, here he is, but not really. And two, if they're going to bring in those characters, if they're for the same reasons we were talking about earlier of, 
current complexity of the MCU, not mm. going to call them mutants. And I think that would cause, and justifiably so, massive outrage. <laughs> like, I think that is doing that is a mistake. But I almost, part of me was wondering after the series if that was the direction they're going, that mm. these characters may be there. Um, but they're not going to outright call them mutants. And correct me if I am wrong on this, but weren't, isn't Sky in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Isn't her, Quake, is that her character? Mm, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Isn't she a mutant? Um, I, I feel like I remember headlines coming out about that whatever years ago that was when she got powers within agents of shield. And they were like, Oh, mm. maybe this is the entrance to mutants. Uh, um, I'm getting a yes from a Facebook user. Yeah. No, it also um, is, is, and sorry to interrupt you. Um, oh. So we are, you know, they have definitely said that we are getting a new Deadpool film that will tie yeah, into the MCU. True. Oh, shoot. You're right. Which then does give us You're that right. entrance that's into true. the X-Men in some way. That's true. Yeah. Dude, they should have just brought they should have just randomly brought Deadpool in to call him Boner. That would have been hilarious, dude. That <laughs> then the joke really would have landed even it's better. Just Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> just Ryan Reynolds in a room. That would be really funny. Breaking the fourth wall. Can you believe they're calling this guy Boner and then they just move on? <laughs> that would be awesome. I would be here for that. Um, so let's, let's talk about, okay. So we've talked about a little bit about where the MCU could go next, but let's get, well, before we do that, before we get a little bit deeper into that, um, I think you guys are on the right track with mutants. I think the mutants are just right around the corner. I actually believe, and this is my segue into this question that we got from Facebook from Tyler. He said, who is Monica going to be? I know that they've revealed what they've sort of revealed who her character is. Cause they think that maybe it's. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think maybe it's Photon that she's taking on her mom's yeah. call sign, right? Right. But I I don't know the character of Photon from the Marvel comics, but I feel like she is basically the first mutant. Because let's let's go back and tell, tell us and analyze what they actually said is going on, right? They said that her DNA was being, her cellular structure was being rewritten by the Hex. Well, what is that? What is the functionality of rewritten DNA? That's, mutant, no, that's true. right? Like that—that's a—that's a mutant person if their DNA is being is being changed. So I feel like there's something to do there where they're saying that the, the hex and this show still has something to do with the mutants. And so I agree with you, Josh. I think they're going to bring back um, Quicksilver in the same way because this is basically saying we're introducing the mutants without really introducing the mutants. They'll probably save that, by the way, for a movie is my guess. Because when they were creating this film, or this show, they were not thinking it was going to be as popular as the 90 million users Disney Plus has, or whatever. Um, and so, I think that that might be connected still to a, the bigger picture of bringing in the mutants. Um, but any any other thoughts on who Monica is going to be? I mean, I've just assumed that, that she's Photon. Um, and is and, Photon and, a mutant? A mutant? Or is Photon uh, a superpowered being? I think that she's a superpowered being. However, you could definitely make the claim that she's a, a part of that. But um, it's also very clear that we're going to see her in Captain Marvel 2. Yeah. Uh, so I would assume that we will see. I mean, again, that's the great thing about this show is that we're not leaving a lot of these uh, characters behind for good. So that the fact that we will be able to, you know, further advance these 
characters and their backstories and what they mean for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, along with what are, and again, Captain Marvel two, we have to wait a few years for, so mm-hmm. you may not know the answer for a while. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll stick with what I've said before and said on the last podcast that I think these TV shows were meant to be almost a, a, a prelude to, yeah. Um, to the next generation of Marvel films. And I think this sets up Mar uh, WandaVision on its own has set up. I want to say at least three or four storylines um, between Wanda and her connection to Dr. Strange between um, Monica where the hex white vision gone to where is vision visions consciousness because I, I do, I am going to stick with my thought that um, there was something of real vision there. Um, mm. And I think Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to do the same thing um, mm. in a week, one week. Yeah. One week. Um, That's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, but I do think going forward, I think the MCU is going to scatter a little bit. Mm. I think everybody's going to sort of go their separate ways post snap and right now i'm very okay with that um we've had whatever 10 12 years it's been of the infinity war saga and that has been brilliant and we have a number of characters who were introduced late in that process who we all want to see a whole lot more of and i think giving all of those characters a chance to develop outside of a central conflict is deeply important to the life of the MCU going forward. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, the, the basically if you look at the Avengers films, what the Avengers films do is that they reconvene people, they converge people and then every in-between film and now every in-between TV series diverges people, right? And so we get this, we get the more singular stories or the stories that don't include as many people. And then we converge to bring in this big universal sort of, sort of deal. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think uh, it's going to be, the future is bright for the MCU. I hope that they don't get too crazy with everything. I hope that the pandemic doesn't uh, set them back any, anywhere from like a, uh, from a budgetary standpoint where they can't pull off as many of these things. We still don't know what theaters are going to look like six months from now. Um, We don't know how black widow is going to perform. Disney is already saying that a lot of the movies that they're going to be releasing in the future, they'll even say like, this is definitely coming out in theaters, but will people show up to theaters? I mean, that's, that's the real question, right? So, and and um, the window for theaters is going to be lessened, right? So it's only going to be, a couple of weeks in theaters versus, yep. you know, six months, five months, whatever. Yep, exactly. But I do think that Jessica's mentioned that, uh, that Monica is one of her new favorite characters kind of steals the show for her. I also, she, she also said that all the main actors did a great job. Not only did all the main actors do a great job, I would watch a show. I would legitimately watch a show um, on any of the main characters, especially Darcy and uh, the FBI agent. What's the guy's name? What's the FBI? Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo and Darcy. And, and, and people have already talked about this. Dude, give them an X-Files type show. That sounds phenomenal to me. The only character that I don't ever want to see again because what a waste of time is Hayward. 
We do not need to see Hayward again for any reason whatsoever. Um, Albie says he wants more Agatha. Who doesn't want more Agatha? That I mean, Catherine Hahn, we talked about how great she she was in this in this show. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we all agree that the, the future of the MCU is bright from a fan and storytelling standpoint. And let's just hope that the budgets are there. Let's hope that they Disney can keep the ball rolling in that direction. Um, because there's going to be some shakeups. There's no question about that. Um, you know, Josh and I, in completely different contexts, have talked about the fact that we love independent films, and yet independent films have become sort of something that only streaming services do these days. But we might be entering a new era of independent films. Well, what does it look like to have a lower-budget Marvel series i don't know i mean we could we could see that there's no reason not to have that um and we'll see we'll see what we'll see what happens but uh but uh let's talk about what we're gonna be addressing here in the in the next few weeks as we close out the show um we're gonna have a bunch of new content so the story geeks hangouts is every week we look at what's come out the last week what we want to talk about there's stuff that's even passed us by already because we could have been talking about, you know, what's going on with the Mandalorian and Cartoon and Gina Carano and all that madness. We didn't even touch on that. We have the Snyder Cut coming out. So there's going to be Daryl is going to come back and join me for that, by the way. Daryl's going to be back on the show talking with me about the Snyder Cut. Um, so there's lots and lots and lots of good stuff going on. Um, and it's just this is the, the Story Geeks Hangouts is where we get to talk about that kind of stuff. Um, and I'm sure we'll have Josh back on. There'll be something that comes up, and Josh will have a wild theory. I'm here. We'll have him on there. Yeah. Let me speculate. <laughs> Dude, there's another t shirt. Modernmouse.com yeah. t shirts. Just click on t shirts. You can find all the, <laughs> the good All the stuff. wild speculations. <laughs> all the wild speculations. Um, in the meantime, anything else you guys anything else you guys want to talk about before we close it out? That sounds like a resounding yes. So Josh, tell people <laughs> where they can find you. Uh, you can find me uh, over at youtube.com slash modernmouse for all of my video stuff. And podcast-wise, uh, go listen to Modern Mouse and uh, go listen to Theme Park Pulse tomorrow because you'll be on it yes. battling with me. I'll, oh, yeah. Josh and I are going to go toe-to-toe. I, we almost didn't stay friends. Yeah, now, that's not true. I've now oversold it so much. Yeah, yeah but maybe maybe you'll go listen to it then. Maybe you will. I don't know. Um, basically, you will be ashamed with how much I know about Nick Cage. That's what you'll be. You'll be ashamed that I know that much about Nick Cage. So, yeah, go listen to that show. That is it for today's show, though, on the Story Geeks Hangouts. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the Story Geeks podcast here on YouTube for live shows. Or you can uh, subscribe on your preferred podcast provider and catch this show after it comes out in audio only. Um, special thanks again to Josh Taylor for joining in and, uh, and of course, Tim for joining me. And you get, you get this with the Story Geeks Hangouts, you get this rotation <laughs> of people. And Sandra has actually said that uh, she's going she's gonna to be on one of the next Hangouts. So you get to see Sandra again. You get to see the whole crew, which would be really fantastic. Um, and if you would like to support the show and unlock the ability to have a conversation with us, and you can actually find more information on thestorygeeks.com, and that's our Patreon account. So go check out our Patreon account. Support us for just as little as $2 a month. You can join us for these shows. Uh, we haven't had anybody take us up on it, but a lot of our Patreon supporters show up in the comments, which is actually awesome too. Um, but until then, we'll be back next week, Tuesday, 
8 p.m. for the live show and then later on the podcast feed. And until then, uh, have as much fun as we do geeking out over great stories as we did today. Bye. Hey, everybody. <laughs>